Welcome into another episode of Mic'd Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? Mid America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at MidAmerica RV. Absolutely. Next up is going to be Downtown Lou. Make sure you visit them right here in the heart of Joppa, Missouri on 1st and Main Street. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So be sure to visit their website at downtownlube.com for their full list of services. Not a matter of matter of when you're going to need that oil change and those tire service. So make sure you get that taken care of right here in Joplin at Downtown Lube. That was a big niff. That was. I, that was I, even as I said I it, I was like, I was like, that's a hard niff right there. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, even as I, like, I was just like, man, I was kind of emphasized that just a little extra today. I don't know why. Uh-huh. Yeah, hard in on the niff. Uh, welcome <laughs> into the show. We appreciate you guys listening wherever you get your podcast. Uh, Apple, Spotify, or right here in the call-in app. Uh, we're remote today. We, we're not in the same room. So we're, we're trying this out. We'll this. see how it goes. Is that crazy doing a show together for like three years and we've never like done a show not in the same room? Uh Uh-huh. It feels kind of weird. It feels like I'm talking to myself. Yeah. Which, I mean, I do that a lot anyways. Not crazy, but you know, like I just, I like to, I don't know, just coming up with like random jingles or songs about like whatever I'm doing. Like the song, I said it like as we hopped on like mini men, I like, I would just be like, no, 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 many men. And then I would just be like, cleaning my bathroom. And I don't know. I would just sing something to like the tune of what I was doing or something. Uh-huh. It's like, I need me some dinner. It sounds many crazy. Men. Yeah. But I do the same thing. So I get it. Uh, a good show for you guys today, though. We're going to preview the NFC and AFC North. Uh, I, I know you love the NFC North, so I can't wait to talk to you about that yeah. one. And then the AFC North. Might be the best division in football, but let's start with, we have some AFC East news because we had two running backs signed this week. Uh, Big name guys, Dalvin Cook signs with the Jets and Zeke Elliott signs with the Patriots. It's a good move. I I guess I understand what both teams are doing. I do wonder how much is left in the tank for both guys, but Mm -hmm. good for the Jets. I, I like this move. We'll start with them. I like the move for the Jets to bring in Dalvin Cook. I'm I am leading the Brees Hall train. I think I always have been, mm-hmm. but this also gives him time to come back healthy. He doesn't have to rush into it. So I like this. It's a one year deal. I still think Bryce Hall is the future there. Sorry, Brees Hall is the future there. But bringing in Dalvin Cook, seeing what he has. I mean, if you if you've got Dalvin Cook and he is as special as he used to be, then that's going to be an impressive backfield. So I like this signing first off with the Jets. Yeah, and. I think it just, you know, you add a star player to an already loaded roster. And if you watch the latest episode of Hard Knocks, you see Robert uh, Robert Sala just kind of say, hey, like, our offense, you know, we can have ourselves a, a MVP quarterback. We can have two $10 million receivers. We can have a, a running back room just filled with talent. But if we have an offensive line that can't block or do the job, none of it means anything. And I think that's the biggest question mark with the Jets, even with the addition of Dalvin Cook. I love the fact that he went there. I think this gives him a fresh start, a new opportunity, uh, and a place to truly win. And like you said, not everything's on his, you know, on his back right now to kind of carry the team or carry the load in terms of running the ball. Which you know, this is another guy who I don't think has played a full season since he's been in the league. Just whether it's lingering injuries or something just kind of comes up, or you know, any off-field issues or whatnot. You know, something's just kind of gotten in the way that's held him back from playing an entire season. Maybe this gives him that opportunity, and if you can have a guy like Dalvin Cook who can be healthy through the playoff run, which is when running the football means the most and matters, the the Jets just become an even scarier team. Yeah, I think so too. And I like Dalvin Cook. He is getting kind of old, so we'll see. But, you know, in that backfield, maybe this is kind of what he needs too. Like, hey, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to play every week. I'm not the bell cow every week. Mm-hmm. But I can be a, a not even so much running back by committee. It's just who's going to be the guy this week. And I think Dalvin Cook will be for the first couple of weeks. And then when Brees Hall makes his return, then you've got you two very good running backs. And, and yeah. Michael Carter also I was gonna say, yeah. in that backfield as well. Uh, so a very good signing and pickup. And, and you mentioned hard knocks. I'm, I'm, I'm still loving it. 
Yeah, uh, I, I watched it right before we started recording today, and I I just still really like the way that Aaron Rodgers is handling himself. I've been <laughs> he's just like impressed. a cool I've been, dude. I've been one of his biggest critics, but he actually seems like he's just a down to earth guy who's actually yep. pretty chill. And even like this week for me, sorry if you haven't watched it yet, but you you should because I don't know what else you're doing. It's summertime. Yeah, they just they knocked him it out of interact. the park this year. Mm-hmm. With the the referees, even, yeah, and be like, hey, you got to give my guy that call, and to watch him mentor Zach Wilson and Zach Wilson be so um, accepting of it, mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of getting back on the Zach Wilson train too. Of like, <laughs> this guy might actually be pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, it's like maybe that's just kind of what he needed was someone to help groom him into being an NFL quarterback instead of just saying, mm-hmm. hey, yeah, uh, I know you, you know, pretty much a one year successful starter at BYU. Come lead this franchise in New York City, which has the, the toughest media in all of the country, especially right. for yeah. a sports franchise, including the Jets. Um, and I think when you get a guy like Aaron Rodgers, I feel like I've been supporting him or at least attempting to with you and Matt's just hatred of him over the years in the show. And I'm just mm-hmm. I'm so happy to see the show and be like, okay, I actually felt like I was right with saying, like, yeah, the media is just griping at everything this guy does, but he actually seems super cool off the field. His teammates love him. And I think that's something we talked about the last couple episodes with it as well is, you know, seeing his teammates talk like just confidently and, you know, just proud of him and in such a, a great light of like he's a dude. And one of my favorite parts about the episode, and you mentioned his interactions with the referees and with Zach Wilson, like even the meeting room where it was like, guess if this is a run or a pass and Zach Wilson was like, it's fucking easy. And he turns around, he's like, what, what'd you just say? Like, uh-huh. that's just kind of, it seems like the little brotherly love type of deal. Um, and I love how when he talks to like his teammates, you know, he's just like, Hey, love you. You know? And they like, they say it back. Like they just, they re- reciprocate like that genuine, like care for one another. And I think that's going to be a huge difference for the jets going forward. And Zach Wilson, I'm like, okay, this is how you be a leader. But wrapping all that into this is my favorite part was his interactions with Mekhi Becton at the end of that preseason game at the mm-hmm. end of the episode as well, yep. where he's just like, hey, way to work out there. You know, like, let's get together sometime this week and get lunch. That's what Mekhi Becton needs. Mekhi Becton needs someone that can believe in him. And Aaron Rodgers is like, I'm going to believe in you. But at the same time, like, <laughs> I need you to protect my ass. Like, <laughs> we can't be doing this. Right. You know, yeah, let me huge. get blindsided here type of deal. But yeah, I, I think it. the offensive line has a lot to work on. But I, I do continue to love hard knocks. And. And Aaron Rodgers. I'll, I'll just yeah. say it. I, Aaron Rodgers is throwing around the L word to everyone. He already is in love with Zach Wilson. And that's yeah. great to see that bromance. Zach right Wilson called him Netflix, dad. He's but... like, dad approved the swag. He's like, what? <laughs> what do you say? Yeah. We'll see what happens with the Jets. I, I like what they're doing, and I've enjoyed watching Hard Knocks. They're only two episodes in. Uh, but the other signing, Zeke Elliott, we'll mm-hmm. see what happens with the Patriots. Man, I, just, I don't know that he has a whole lot left. To offer like Dalvin Cook, okay, I understand that one, but for Zeke Elliott, you're not paying him much. I I think he came in right around six million, mm-hmm. so you're just kind of kicking the tires to see like, okay, is he is he going to be worth anything? I don't know how much of that money is guaranteed. If not, then you know, see you later. But uh, we'll see. I'm I'm not a big believer. I'm not going to be so drafting him on any of my the, fantasy teams. The fourth straight year of uh, best shape of his life, Zeke Elliott. No, never, never will I. <laughs> Ever believe in he, that. He lost weight this offseason. It would be nice he gained to see. it back. He lost it again. <laughs> yeah, that's the typical Zeke Elliott thing. Of like, oh, he was playing at this. Now he's back to the weight that he was at Ohio State. Congratulations. Can, can he actually run, though? Is he going to be playing center for the Cowboys this time? Or what's he going to be doing? I mean, it's been, it's been a minute since, like, 2019 since we saw mm-hmm. him really be the running back that we kind of grew up with him. Uh, he had 1,300 yards in 2019. 12 touchdowns and average 4.5 yards a carry. That has all gone away, yeah, where he's averaging four yards a carry the last three seasons. So we'll see what happens. He's not the 1,600-yard rusher that he was in 2016, that's for sure. Maybe he can give the Patriots a spark. You know, I say all this and I talk all this shit, but how many times have we seen a veteran go to the Patriots and then they're just rejuvenated? Yeah, they hit the second wind of their career. And, you know, one other thing I think we're leaving out with this is the fact that Bill O'Brien is still the offensive coordinator this year, and I think that's going to help Mac Jones. I think it's going to help the receiving core, even, you know, with the addition of Juju Smith-Schuster. That's like that's not a splash addition, but it's a a reliable target that you can – 
have in that offense and as a receiver for Mac Jones. And in the running game, you know, Stevenson was about the only guy they had last year that you could truly rely on in the running back. And you bring in a guy like Ezekiel Elliott, who has splashed more so times in seasons with the, the last couple of years with the Cowboys, but it just it hasn't been as consistent because he doesn't have those those chunk plays that we were used to seeing him early in his career. We were seeing Tony Pollard make the most of that. And I got my dog running around the back and I'm chewing on a bone. So if you hear any there it noise, is. It, it, that is him. Have you been hearing all of it? He's just been walking all over the place. I've been trying to turn around and tell him like to sit down, and he just stares at me like, I don't speak about, your language, my guy. About 10 minutes in, we got our first Reese mention. Oh, okay. Well, so, are, are you hearing him, though, or no? Oh, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Okay. So he's probably about <laughs> uh, to bark I'm, here in a second. I'm, I'm right there no, with you. No we'll, we'll see what happens with the Patriots and Zeke Elliott. I, I don't know. I could go either way. Um, another thing that happened this week, though, is two rookie quarterbacks were named the starter uh, Bryce Young, we he's already named the starter, but Anthony Richardson this week was named the starter for the Colts. I think it's interesting to see because, you know, we've seen so much talk lately of our team's going to go back to this, and it's weird to me because they're kind of calling it the Patrick Mahomes style where he sits for a year. A lot of people thought Anthony Richardson was going to have to do that, that that would be his route. But now the Colts have already come out and said, nope, he's our week one starter, and same with Bryce Young in Carolina. Yeah, and I mean – if you're really looking at the Colts, you're sitting here thinking, like, you really think they're going to put Gardner Minshew out there to start the season? Like, absolutely right. not. They they finally have a quarterback that they have picked themselves, and you really don't have a choice but to just throw him in with the Wolves and see how he survives. Throw him into the Lions, then. You know what I mean? Like, hopefully he comes out. Yeah. It, from everything that I've seen, I haven't watched the Colts' preseason game, but everything that you read is that he is picking up on things very quickly and that mm-hmm. he is actually – um, excelling. And so, I mean, if he is and he's ready to play, why sit him? And mm-hmm. I think that this, you know, the GM, the coaching staff has a lot riding on Anthony Richardson. Might as well just find out, is he going to be the dude or not? Because there are some question marks around him and, and if he's going to be ready or not. But I, why not? And I think that you can look at some of those guys that have been on the bench. Uh, because I saw names like Patrick Mahomes mentioned earlier today. Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers mentioned earlier today. Look at the quarterbacks that were in front of those guys. Alex Smith yeah. was coming off of a great season, uh, did absolutely amazing his last year. Yep, career with the Chiefs. Year. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers had Brett Favre in front of him for a while. So, I mean, you don't have that in Carolina or Indianapolis right now. So, you can go play some of these guys. You know, Joe Burrow didn't sit, he's doing pretty all right for himself. And I know he was an older quarterback, but. I think that some of these guys can come and and play early. Trevor Lawrence looks really good so far. Uh, Justin Herbert was thrown out there week two unexpectedly, and he's doing just fine in the <laughs> NFL without sitting for a year. So yeah. I I don't think there's this one size fits all for like oh we have to sit every quarterback that's drafted. No, you have to play every quarterback that's drafted. I I really don't think that it matters. I think we put too much stock into that. Um, but we'll see what happens with these two young guys and. I, I like to see the rookies play. It, it's just boring when they sit. Yeah, and you know, I think the other thing with this is or exactly what you're saying is there's just been no winning recipe to figure out whether you have a franchise quarterback or not. Either he's got it or he doesn't, like just bottom line. And if you put them in a good situation where they get more of an opportunity to learn and they come in and it's an easier start, that's awesome. And like we were saying, that's exactly what happened with Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. But when you got a guy like Anthony Richardson, it's like you don't really get that opportunity. And same with Bryce Young. But here's the thing. Anthony Richardson has at least got an offensive line that has proven themselves to be good when healthy. Bryce Young, he don't have that. And he, I am legitimately worried for him. And I believe I came on here and said, like, I think Bryce Young is going to be a bust. And you disagree with yeah, me on that. And, and so uh, not and entirely. Part of it is I, like, I see your question marks. Mm-hmm. But it might not be his fault, too, in terms of the bust, right? Like, he might just absolutely get decapitated and can't play football anymore, and it's because Cam Irving is his starting left tackle. When you have Cam Irving on Hard Knocks telling Will McDonald, like, hey, you're pretty good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to be a stud. It's like, yeah, it's also not hard to get by you, Cam Irving. I've almost watched you just break Patrick Mahomes' ankle three times in a season because you can't hold your ground. Cam Irving's your starting left tackle, your host, and your rookie quarterback. You're undersized. It's just it's not a good recipe for Bryce Young to have a healthy, successful career in Carolina, in my opinion. And they they should have a Quanu at left tackle. They drafted him in 2022. 
So I, I'm right there with you with Cam Irving, though. I, he probably should not be starting in the NFL at any point. But Bryce Young, is he's just so little. And watching him again on hard knocks just get beat up by guys like Will McDonald uh, was tough to see. And then you trade yeah. away uh, your biggest receiving target, your best receiving target. Uh, DJ Shark is out there. You've got Adam Thielen. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens <laughs> with him. Uh, I don't like what they've surrounded him with in Carolina, that's for sure. And then on the, the flip side with Indianapolis, they do have a pretty solid roster. And maybe they will have Jonathan Taylor. Maybe they won't, who was at training camp and then you know, he's left training camp. I, I don't know. But I know that the NFL has made it very difficult to hold out. So I think that eventually we will see Jonathan Taylor. I, this reason, they said it was a personal reason, that he had retur- returned to camp and has left for a personal matter. I don't know what it is. None of my yeah. business. But I think when it comes to week one, I, I think that he's probably going to play, and he's going to want to cash that game check. Yep. I just hope his family's you know safe and healthy, and it's not anything like that. Because um, that, that would not be good, especially in his current situation of, dealing with the contract and how difficult that's been with the Colts. And if something like that were to happen, it just adds more to the plate, you know, and it's starting to fill up pretty quick. Um, the other thing that I think we should probably get into that's been kind of some breaking news through the week is uh, Michael Orr was not adopted. Uh, Sandra Bullock really had us locked in and sealed as them being like the adoption parents of the century and, you know, helping him out, bringing him in, adopting him, being the parents that he didn't have and then kind of helping him get a successful career in life and being a starting left tackle, and it was an amazing movie. And we're, what, 15, 20, or, you know, 15 years later, and it's like, oh, they actually did not adopt me. <laughs> we're just stunned. I've, I was trying to read into it because I saw the initial report, I think, that came out on Monday. of like, whoa, Michael Orr was never actually adopted. He's doing this Britney Spears uh, <laughs> thing, and... It sounded awful. I've heard mixed reviews. So this is where I'm just going to kind of sit on the fence. I I don't know what's true and what's not. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it seems a little bit fishy that the Tuies never adopted Michael Orr, even though you can adopt somebody who is 18 years old. That's legal yeah. to do, especially in Tennessee. But then also, it does kind of feel like a money grab from Michael Orr. Like, why are you waiting 20 years? Like, yeah, you probably want to yeah. end... Um, whatever this agreement is, but you're waiting 20 years. You had no idea. And uh, the Tuies, they are worth a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> it was no probably even more uh, now. lie or fabrication, right? Yeah, they, <laughs> they got paid off the movie. So I don't know what is true and what's not. I, I hope that this is you know turns into an untold story on Netflix or a 30 for 30 on ESPN, something. Somebody's got to get to the bottom of it. And especially since all of it's legal, like everything is out there. You can research it and look it up if you really want. I have no idea what's going on, mm-hmm. but I know there's a lot of money involved. <laughs> yeah, and I think there was another story out there that the the son actually went on a podcast or radio show or something and just kind of uh, spoke his mind or tried to tell the truth without like a lawyer present. So that might kind of mix some things up, or maybe this all started because of him. I think it was actually with the girl from Barstool who brought it up with her little campaign to be the new president in the New York office or whatever. So, so whatever that mixture was, I was just like, man, if they're just digging a hole even deeper with this and this can become. It seems a little bit shady. It seems a little bit shady to me on both ends. I, I don't know. I watched the movie, and even after watching Blindside, which is one of my daughter's uh, favorite movies, it, I loved it too, obviously. Sandra Bullock won an award for it. It was great. But watching the movie, even with the way that Michael Orr was portrayed, even then at the time, it's like, this guy did not just show up walking the streets of Memphis, unathletic and dumb, and then turned into an NFL player. He was a like gifted athlete in multiple mm-hmm. sports, was a big-time recruit. I mean, he had a lot going for him. It, so that part was fabricated. And I know that Michael Orr originally had a big problem with that. So that leads me to kind of side with him, and maybe this thing wasn't true. But I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see once the, the next documentary comes out or, or something like that. We'll have something. 
I bet Netflix Untold Stories is like, let's go. Like, we got more. <laughs> Another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah for Jake sure. All right, let's here, get into... Just... Go ahead. I was just going to say, Jake the Snake just kind of said it best. I think we're all blindsided by the news on Monday. That he wasn't a <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, let's get into the NFC North. Uh, this division, I, I don't want to jump ahead of myself with the biggest storylines, but it feels wide open and I keep going back and forth on who's going to win this division and for me I think that I'm going with the Lions I almost want you to talk me into it uh, because you are the biggest Lions supporter that I know personally Mm -hmm. and so I I feel like they could be a team on the cusp obviously Aaron Rodgers gone to the Packers Uh, they could win it but I, I feel like this division is as wide open as that is, it has been in 30 years uh, since Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it could be really up for grabs for one of these teams. I mean, Aaron Rodgers making the move to New York could not have come at a better time for everyone in this division because, like you said, it is wide open. And, you know, you can see and you look at the Vikings and be like, man, Kirk Cousins from, you know, the documentary quarterback kind of opened a lot of people's eyes to how good he really did last year. The weapons that are still there, you know, you lose Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen moves on, but you've replaced him with Jordan Addison, the rookie at a USC and Pitt, whatever school you want to necessarily deem them to. Um, but it's like, yeah, you lose Dalvin Cook, but, you know, it seems like the Vikings are happy with Mattinson. And if that's the case, like, okay, that offense can maybe just keep trucking along even with the loss of those two. But my biggest question mark with them is that defense. Can that defense get enough stops? Is the secondary good enough? Can you rely on it enough? And can they just last through the season when I look at the Chicago Bears that's a team that I'm honestly just kind of like low-key rooting for as well just because I want to see Justin Fields do good and that's a guy who I just kind of didn't believe in coming out of college either and now I've heel turned and I'm rooting for him and I want to see his success and then when I look at the Packers it's like I don't know what Jordan Love is and so I look at the one team that seems complete they have a solid head coach that's completely changed the culture. And I'm not saying these other teams don't have a solid head coach. You know, the Packers do for sure, as well as the, the Vikings and the Chicago Bears do as of right now. But looking at the lines, it's just I keep going down the list. It's like your starting quarterback you can rely on. He's been, you know, he's been in a Super Bowl. He's played for consistently good football all of last year. Uh, building off the year that he had before your receivers you have it you're tied in yes you moved on from tj hawkinson you've replaced him with sam laporta you have enough guys there that you can make that work and then on the defensive side of the ball they've just now got some guys that are just studs like we looked at their linebacker position last year with malcolm Rodriguez, and you know maybe that not be might not be the biggest name on their defense but it's, it's just a guy that stepped up and to me that just goes They know how to find dudes that can play ball. And you throw that in with Aiden Hutchinson, Brian Branch, who they got this year in the second round, who just seems to be an absolutely hard-hitting son of a gun. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, we know he likes to play some good football, some hard-nosed, knee-biting defense. So it's just you look at the lines, and for me, they just seem like the most complete team in the division, and that's why I'm rooting for them and why I think they're going to have success and win this division. They have a lot to build off of last year. Uh, They had two first-round picks, Jameer Gibbs, uh, the running back, and then Jack Campbell, the linebacker, but then also guys like Sam Laporta in the second round. Like they've they really did a good job of addressing some of their needs. And mm-hmm. David Montgomery also bringing him in at running back. I feel like that can be a, a nice little pickup. Jared Goff, I I'm kind of believing in him. I, I think he played really well last year. Not just yeah. like for Jared Goff, like he played good quarterback last year. I, what's weird for me is I find myself, I could root for any team in this division this year. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it is. Like Before we started the show, I had the Vikings picked to win. And this could be the year that Kirk Cousins kind of shuts people up and goes out and wins the division. I could find myself rooting for the Chicago Bears because of Justin Fields and just some of the players that they have surrounding him. But then also, I know that I've spoke very highly of Aaron Rodgers, I still think that it would be hilarious if Jordan Love comes out and is just MVP caliber, shuts up all the haters. So whoever wins this division, I'm probably going to be semi-rooting for at least. But I I do have the Lions picked to win it too. Um, We'll see. This this could be a kiss of death for me. But I I like what they have. I'm believing in Jared Goff for another year. Uh, I love Penny Sewell. Uh, And a lot of the players that they have – just surrounding them. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is yeah. kind of having a breakout 
I think maybe he, this is his official year to have that breakout. But for me, I'm right there with you. I am going to pick uh, the Lions to win it. That's that's my official pick. Division MVP, I'm going with Justin Jefferson. I think he's the best receiver in the league, and it's just hard to pass up on him and what he's done so far this year. Or, sorry, yeah. in his career. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, you know, the number one receiver uh, in the league, when you look at the NFL Top 100, what was he, the second best rated player? Um, with Patrick Mahomes, the only one in front of him. But for me, you know, I'm also, I wanted to make sure that I at least picked some different answers and we weren't agreeing um, with this. So with my division MVP, I said I'm on Ron St. Brown, just due to the fact of if Justin Jefferson can be a stud receiver, I think St. Brown isn't that far behind. This is a guy who's gotten better every single year. And now that you've added another quality receiver on the other side of him, with Jameson Williams, who I know is suspended for a good chunk of the season there at the beginning, mm-hmm. that's just going to open up more opportunities for St. Brown to strike. And Jameer Gibbs, you know, this is hopefully the running back on what they thought DeAndre Swift was going to be, where if you have a game-winning drive down the field and you throw it to him and he's open in the end zone, he's hopefully not going to drop it and you end up losing the ball game. Because that's just been the story with the Lions as of late is the the – they got in those ball games, but then they lose close ones. And last year we started seeing them win those close games, and I think hopefully they can just build on that again, and part of that success is going to be because of St. Brown. So that's why I have him as my division MVP for him. And then the defensive player of the year, I'm going to go with Daniil Hunter, the edge rusher from the Vikings. This is a guy who just has, to me, has not gotten the credit that he probably deserves in his career with the success that he's had with the Vikings. Um, this guy who's constantly getting after the pass rusher. He's probably one of the highest paid defensive ends or edge rushers in the league as well. And the dude's just consistent year in and year out. And hopefully this is a year where he just kind of takes that extra leap and gets some more recognition and love and possibly becomes a defensive player of the year uh, out of this division. Yeah, and for me, I'm, I'm going to go with your Lions. Yes, sir. I'm going with Aiden Hutchinson, who – had a really good rookie year, nine and a half sacks, and somehow also pulled in three interceptions. I didn't even know that uh, I until I just looked up three. his wow. pro football reference. So, but, but I think that he can be a breakout player this year. I'm going from uh, one of the best rookies in the division to now I think one of the best defensive players in the division. Uh, and they did a good job of, of building around him in that defense. And I, I think that it can be – just a really good defense, and that's just kind of the vibe that Dan Campbell brings, even though he's that offensive-minded guy. And I think that Aiden Hutchinson is going to have that opportunity to be that rush in that just, hey, your sole job, what we need you to do is get after the quarterback. Yeah, if they run the ball your way, awesome. Like That's cool. Try to make a tackle. But your job is to get after quarterbacks, and I think Aiden Hutchinson can do it. So, I mean, he's my division player of the year. Uh, even just coming into his second year. But let's look at some first-year players. My rookie to watch, again, I'm just going, this is like the Homer show for the Lions for me. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't even realize that so many of my answers were the Lions. I'm, I'm going to be a positive Jameer influence Gibbs. in your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jameer Gibbs, I, I think, has the opportunity uh, to maybe not get 1,000 yards because that's difficult to do in the NFL anymore, but he could be an 800 rushing yards and 400 yards receiving type guy. I think it might take a little bit to get the ball rolling with him. And you do have a, a really good running back in front of him and David Montgomery. But I, I think there's an opportunity here for Jameer Gibbs. And they took him in the first round. I think that Dan Campbell and the staff will give him an opportunity to kind of be that dude and, and maybe be the player that we thought we would get with DeAndre Swift. And somebody yeah. has to take those goal line reps. Um, From uh, Jamal that, Williams. Yeah, that he got last year. It had like 15 touchdowns. So I'm going with Jameer Gibbs for my rookie of the year. So I'm going to go with Lucas Van Ness, kind of a maybe a surprise name here for this, but just the, the edge rusher out of Iowa that Green Bay selected in the first round. Um, this was a guy that I was kind of hoping might have fallen a little bit further in the first round. If all the receivers were gone, the Chiefs could have maybe gone after him. Um, for some reason, it just kind of became the, the draft crush for me on the defensive side of the ball. But this is a dude who I think can have that production that we saw last year uh, with your guy that you mentioned just a little bit ago, Aiden Hutchinson. Kind of reminds me of, you know, similar build as well. He's absolutely freaking he's also jacked, white. too. Yep, that, that helps out yep. to it. And he's got crazy abs for a dude that big, you know, at that size and kind of wears the similar styles and their play styles as well for me. And so this is a guy who I think you know has an opportunity to make some noise with the Green Bay Packers, their edge rush. Um, really not much going on outside of Preston Smith, who I believe they brought in um, 
was he the one they brought in last year? No, I'm thinking of the other Smith that went to Cleveland. Excuse me, scratch that. But he gets an opportunity to possibly be that guy um, and can make some noise. And I think it could be a lot of fun for the Packers with you know bringing in a, a new edge rusher here from the first round that can immediately make some noise for you. Yeah, and you've got some big pass rushers there too. Rashawn Gary, uh, Preston Smith still there. Yeah. Devontae Wyatt, a, a first-rounder from the year before. Lucas Van Ness, a, a guy that like the storyline for him coming out of Iowa is that he wasn't even a starter. Uh, nobody cares about how long you've been in the league in the NFL. So I mean, he'll probably get his opportunity to play um, early. It's a kind of a crowded pass rusher room, but uh, I mean, he balled out and was, I think it was one of Bruce Feldman's freaks who he did his freaks list this week, but Lucas Finesse has all the tools to be special and, and to get into that Aiden Hutchinson type of caliber pass rusher uh, coach of the year. We agree. Uh, we're both going with Dan Campbell. Bites uh, knees. If they just if they can have the success that they did last year, even if they duplicate that season, I think that would be good enough for Dan Campbell to be the kind of coach of the year within this division, at least. I, I just don't know that the other coaches are going to have that opportunity um, based off expectations. Like Matt Lafleur, what's he could if Jordan Love is really good. If they win 11, 12 games, definitely. But uh, I, I just don't know. And then uh, Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota. I, I really liked him and even watching the quarterback stuff. He looked really good. And then Eberflus, uh, first year in Chicago. We'll see what happens. But I'm, I'm going with the kneecaps, too. I'm, I'm going Dan Campbell. Yep. I just I like the way that he's flipped that culture in Detroit and all the guys. It seems like the players have bought in and – Let's just keep building on this year. For my breakout player for this division, though, I'm going to go with Justin Fields. Um, maybe tough to kind of list him as a breakout since everyone's eyes are on him, you know, and people are kind of discussing his MVP odds as well. But I do think this is a guy, if all goes well in Chicago, I know that's a big if, and if, well, you could say that about any player, you could. But with Justin Fields, it feels like that opportunity is truly there. It also seems like he's just got a loaded running back room. Jake mentioned Roshan Johnson is another guy who could be a breakout and the future back in Chicago. I think we'd both agree with that being Texas guys. It just stinks that he was, you know, just stuck behind probably the best running back in college football with Bijan yeah. Robinson. And with Justin feels like, okay, you have that help where you have running backs who can catch the ball out of the backfield and just run north and south like crazy. An offensive line that's gotten some attention, which is good with the addition of Darnell Wright. And then you have a head coach whose focus is on the defense, and you're, you've rebuilt that. You've got some studs in the secondary who are hard-hitting guys and cover the pass well, and some linebackers. You know, you got a whole new core in there as well. And it just seems like everything is shifting in Chicago. And like we said at the beginning of the segment, the NFC North is wide open. We've been talking about the Lions. It could very well be Chicago who just shocks everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and it would be a lot of fun to see that be led by Justin Fields and him just kind of take the league by storm. Yeah. I, I, and I think with Justin Fields, too, uh, he did kind of burst on the scene last year with his ability to run the ball. But now there are just so many question marks about can he actually throw the ball. Mm -hmm. if, he does, if he passes for 3,500 yards, I, I think that he can quiet a lot of the doubters. That he has, and that's he's another guy that I find myself rooting for. Uh, I'm looking at Jordan Love, though. This is more of just I want the storyline yeah. than uh, I actually believe it could happen. There are probably <laughs> other better candidates. But if the Packers do it again, if they do this same exact thing again, you have to wonder about what's going on in Green Bay. How are they <laughs> able to do this yeah. uh, with Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers? And now Jordan Love. It, it almost feels too good to be true. But that's also the biggest storyline that I'm going to be watching. Because if you have, I mean, they've already had 30 years of good quarterbacking. If you can get another 15 out of Jordan Love, if you have 45 years of good quarterbacking and only three Super Bowls to show for it, that will also be just another storyline. Yeah. I mean, if he comes out and wins a, a Super Bowl like his second year as a starter, it's just I love the symmetry of how everything lines up with Brett Favre, with Aaron Rodgers, and now going on to Jordan Love. That He's just another one of the guys that I find myself rooting for. And like I said when we started talking about this division, it's just so wide open that I, I want to see who comes out on top because I could make a very strong case for all four teams. And I don't know that there's another division like that. Yeah, and I completely agree with you. And with Jordan Love, you know, it would be hilarious to see that success be there. And then at the end of his tenure with the Packers, it's like, 
Yeah, I'm just going to kind of like maybe question and float the retirement deal and then just go to the Jets as well or find my way there or maybe even mm-hmm. the Vikings and Packers fans are like, it's happening again. Yeah, it's like you also got a great quarterback for 15 years again, so shut up. But for me, my biggest storyline with this division is going to be can the Vikings or will the Vikings get over the hump? I feel like their biggest issue has been getting to the playoffs and then just continuing – <laughs> being able to play good football. Last year, you lose to the Giants. It was a dumb play. I think we all had our opportunity and fun of roasting Kirk Cousins with his decision to just dump it in the flats. And you watch the quarterback documentary, and you see, yeah, he really didn't have any other options. This is the best luck he had with it. Um, but still, it's like you look at the Vikings and go, at some point, you guys have to find a way to make something happen, especially with Kirk Cousins at your quarterback, with Justin Jefferson as your receiver, and the addition of Jordan Addison, and a defense that you've shown some attention to. Not great, but you've given it some attention. That's just my biggest storyline for this division. Will the Vikings get over the hump? I like Kevin O'Connell, too. I I thought that he did a very good job in the quarterback uh, series, to, uh, of kind of winning me over. And I, I don't know if you saw this earlier today or not, but it was kind of trending uh, because Ryan Clark of ESPN said that George Pickens of the Steelers mm-hmm. is a more talented receiver than Justin Jefferson. And I didn't see it until hours after um, it was said, but so many people were pissed off at it. And I get it. Like I, I don't always uh, agree with Ryan Clark on what he says, but on this one, I like I actually agreed with the point that he was making, and everybody was so pissed off online. Mm-hmm. At no point did he say George Pickens was a better receiver than Justin Jefferson or that Justin Jefferson wasn't the best receiver in the NFL. He just said George Pickens was more talented, which I think is definitely the case, even looking at all-time great receivers. Jerry Rice is not the most talented receiver of all time, yeah. but he is the yep. best receiver of all time. You know, T.O. and Randy Moss were probably the most talented receivers of all time, but somehow Jerry Rice was still more productive. And I think Justin Jefferson still the best receiver in the league. I mean, I picked third in our fantasy draft, and I might take him at three. Justin Jefferson? Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm oh, twin with the George idea Pickens. I was like, whoa. <laughs> no, I do like George Pickens. There, my guy. But, <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I, I am going to talk about George Pickens, too. Let's do the AFC North, though. Maybe one of the toughest divisions, it just top to bottom, all four of these teams could be in the playoffs and making noise in the playoffs. Obviously, that starts, uh, for me, with the Bengals. Uh, they just look so good right now that I think that they're that top tier, um, not to sound like a homer, but the Chiefs are probably on their own tier right now. Yeah. But then teams like Cincinnati and Buffalo – uh, they're right there. This could be their year, and I, I think that they probably win the division again. They're just, they're such a talented team from top to bottom, offense, defense. They've got it all. Uh, so my winner, I'm going with the Bengals. So for me, I might kind of surprise some people here. I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens. This is the team who was just a Lamar Jackson injury in December once again, uh, away from possibly being the top team and beating the Bengals in the playoffs. Trey Hendrickson's you know 99 fumble return. Um, 99 yard fumble return for a touchdown really sealed the game for Cincinnati and kind of gave them control over the game once more. But I think everyone also agrees that if Lamar Jackson was starting that game, the Ravens probably win. And so with this, and this is a big gift, but I also say it about, you know, the San Francisco 49ers, the Los Angeles Chargers, and some other teams around the league is like, if they can stay healthy and avoid the injury bug, this could be a team that's dangerous. And Lamar Jackson he got paid this offseason. That's great for him. He deserves it. This is a guy who I've been very hard on with his career uh, in the league. I've kind of just snip snapped back and forth on if I'm rooting for him or if I'm not. Uh, this is a year where I should say, as of right now, I am rooting for him. And I do think he can have some success. And I think part of that is you got J.K. Dobbins coming back as your running back again, if he can stay healthy. But you also just have these additions at wide receiver that you've gotten with Zay Flowers, who is just getting raving reviews in camp. Odell Beckham Jr., he's healthy and can remain there. Like, look out. That could be a lot of fun. This is a guy, you know, who should have, could have, would (laughs) have been like the MVP in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, but he should have, could have, won and got that Mm -hmm. ring anyways. I don't know if you see that all that interaction on Mm -hmm. social media to get that joke there. Sorry, I had to explain it. Um, 
no it's longer so funny. much funnier when you do that. But <laughs> <laughs> it's just I think the Ravens could win this division, and some people might be like, "What? How in the world do you not pick the Bengals?" Well, like, let's not just overlook the Ravens. You know, they've kind of had their question marks at the end of the year, but at the same time, they're still a good team, and they're they're still built really well. Yeah, and I'm right there with you too. I, I think the Ravens are going to be a very good team, and they. They did do a good job of finally getting Lamar Jackson some talent. I, I think Rashad Bateman is a good receiver. Uh, bringing in Odell, I don't know if he's going to be the same Odell that we saw in the Super Bowl, but I don't know that he has to be in this offense. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, it sounds like Zay Flowers is going to be very good just based off what you hear coming out of camp. Uh, I think that offensive line, hopefully you see a guy like Ronnie Stanley be healthy, J.K. Dobbins coming back and being healthy, and then you know the defense is going to be good. Now, that just – that. You can probably bet on that one. And then, you know, even sticking with this division and winners, there's a part of me that thinks the Cleveland Browns could be very good this year. And I know Mm -hmm. that Deshaun Watson has had his issues off the field. That's a pretty good roster. And I think that we might see more of the 2020 Deshaun Watson than what we saw last year. Just him being on the field, he's a good quarterback. He's scummy. But he's a good quarterback, and I think the Cleveland Browns could win games as well. And what's crazy is that now we're kind of almost power ranking this division, and we haven't even mentioned the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mike Tomlin, who's one of the greatest coaches in the NFL right now. It's just, it's tough. And I know the sell for me, the question mark that I have with the Steelers is the quarterback position. Is we really going to do this with Kenny Pickett? (laughs) Yeah. Let's say they just absolutely stink, and this is the one time. Uh, or they have the losing season, or sitting looking like, man, what are they going to do? And they find a way to get Caleb Williams. Good luck, everybody else, because right. they always find well, or even That is a, a giant Drake reason, May. most likely not going to happen. But, yeah. But still, I'm Quinn Ewers, I, oh, <laughs> maybe oh, they, they do. I, I would actually low-key root for Quinn Ewers to go there. I would yeah, like that. that. That would be a good one. Uh, so you pick the Ravens, I pick the Bengals. I'm going with Joe Burrow as my division MVP. You're going with Lamar Jackson. Uh, that one just kind of giving it away based off what we had. And I am. I'm very surprised to see you picking and rooting for Lamar Jackson this year. Yeah, I, it was kind of one of the situations where I was getting annoyed with his whole contract uh, deal with the Ravens. He had a playoff victory. Yes, he hasn't been playing in the month of December the last couple of years, but the dude's a difference maker, and I don't know what else you're going to do at quarterback uh, that you can truly rely on because Tyler Huntley had that opportunity last year to, to lead them to a playoff victory, and he didn't do it. So to me, that just locked in the idea of, yeah, you have Lamar Jackson at quarterback, lock him in and get him some freaking help to throw the ball to instead of just having it be Mark Andrews because you, you need more than that. And if you just look at everything else that they've surrounded with, this defense, which is going to be good, it always is. I've never known the Ravens to not have a good defense my entire life and knowledge of watching football. It's like the Ravens go to defense, lock it in. Mm-hmm. Now you match that up with Lamar Jackson having receivers who has developed as a passer. He's gotten better every year, and I know I've been huge on that. Is can he develop year to year as a passer? He has done that. I'm rooting for it. I think he can be the MVP this year, and I think part of that's just because the Ravens are going to have the success in this division. Yeah, and defensively, uh, we're going with uh, two obvious picks. I picked T.J. Yep. Watt. He's one of my favorite players. Uh, it's just when he's healthy, he is he is the best player in the in the league defensively. I think. I mean, in 2021, he had 22 and a half sacks, and he won Defensive Player of the Year. Last year, he was battling injuries, still managed to. He he played 10 games, but he was very banged up. Had five and a half sacks. I'm expecting a big bounce back year for T.J. Watt. I I think that he can be the dude uh, in, of course, the division, but also the entire league. Yep. Which would be exciting. I hope he can stay healthy. I hope this calf injury that he had in camp isn't something that's lingering throughout the year. I hope the, that heals up nicely for him and he can be his best throughout the year because when the Bengals and Joe Burrow are good like they have been the last couple of years, it just makes things fun and it makes that AFC race even more competitive and worth watching as the year goes on. Mm-hmm. And then our rookie of the year, we agreed on this one, and it goes back to what we talked about too with Lamar Jackson. Uh, Surrounding him with good talent, you have Bateman there, you have Od- um, Odell Beckham, but you also have Zay Flowers. And I think that Zay Flowers can really bring a new element to this offense that we haven't really seen with the Ravens before. A guy that, in that mold of Hollywood Brown, but 
better. I, I, I think that we can see that with Zay. And I really liked him throughout the draft process too. And it, it seems like he's really doing a good job of picking up on things. And I think he can emerge as a top target, maybe not wide receiver one this year for the Ravens, but I think going forward, he's going to be the dude for the Ravens. Once he gets comfortable in the NFL, comfortable with the offense and Lamar Jackson, that's why I'm picking him as the rookie of the year or sorry, yeah, rookie and- of the division. Yep. I mean, he might honestly be rookie of the year as well because, you know, the Ravens are getting Rashad Bateman back as well. And so when you have Bateman and Odell, who if can stay healthy, and then you got Andrews as well at tight end, Zay Flowers is going to be left in possibly a lot of one-on-one situations in the slot. And if that's the case, he's shown the ability to get open. And I think there were some people, you know, kind of in the offseason, they're like, hey, it might be a little crazy, but, like, if you really watch Zay Flowers, there's some flashes of Antonio Brown there. And if the Ravens get that, Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) Yikes. Like the Steelers have seen that on their side plenty, but now you throw hopefully a calm, collected, good minded type of Antonio Brown and the Zay Flowers type of play. That could be scary. And I did pick him as a rookie as well, but here's the thing there's really not any other rookies in this division to look at. I went and looked at every team. There's no other offensive rookies Mm -hmm. that could be make a difference or defensive rookies either. Like this is just a veteran division. Yeah, the Browns didn't take like anyone in the, on the offensive Mm-mm. side. They, a couple offensive linemen uh, that they took. Uh, the Steelers, they, they took an offensive lineman. You're probably not going to see an offensive lineman win any <laughs> awards. Uh, <laughs> and then, right, uh, the Browns, same thing, didn't really address the offense much. Uh, your guy Cedric Tillman with the Browns could be. Yeah, that might be, be the only one, pick. but that's quite a reach. Would be nice. You know, it would mm-hmm. be nice to finally yep. – Nail one of those tall, big-built receivers that I've just kind of crushed on the last three years. Uh-huh. And uh, Coach of the Year, we went with our division winners, too. I went with Zach Taylor, and you went with John Harbaugh. Yep. Obviously, I think the thought process there is they're going to win the division. That's the way that we feel. <laughs> yep. And I don't know. Your Ravens pick, This is this you being different, or is this you thinking this is their kind of rebound year to come back and win this division? Um, kind of both because the last couple of years have just been riddled with injuries and, you know, Lamar Jackson just lingering with things. But I think some of last year too was him not wanting to push, you know, the lingering issues that were there with the injury that he had due to the fact of I'm on a contract here. And if I get hurt, I'm going to get screwed on this. And I've seen this happen way too many times. And so I think that kind of played a factor into it. And I hated that it even went into the playoffs and that being a, a question mark. But now that he's locked up and he's got his money, that's good. If J.K. Dobbins can stay healthy – that's good. Again, good defense, loaded receiver room, or could be a loaded receiver room, I should say. I think that puts up hardball perfectly to, to be the division head coach. The one thing that worries me the most about like all of my picks here with the Bengals is Joe Burrow and his status. How mm-hmm. healthy is he going to be? Hey, I, I think that he's probably okay, but they're still just so vague with like what actually happened and when he's going to come back. Again, back to like fantasy stuff. Like, do I draft a guy like Joe Burrow who could, if he plays all seventeen games, he's going to throw for a million yards and a million (laughs) touchdowns. But is he going to be hurt for six weeks? So I I don't know. The the just them being so vague with Joe Burrow makes me nervous for fantasy implications, but also uh, in my picks for the season as well. Yep. And for my breakout player, you know, we both agreed with George uh, George Pickens, uh, mm-hmm. second-year receiver out of Georgia for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, you mentioned him earlier with the, the thought of uh, what R.C. had said, or excuse me, Ryan Clark. We're not friends with him like Matt is, you know, so we can't necessarily call him R.C. Excuse me there. I apologize. Don't get jealous, Matt. But it's really just I do agree with what you said in terms of defending it and the understanding, but George Pickens is a guy who could just take the league by storm next year. I mean, he helped – uh, them come with, I think it was like back-to-back-to-back weeks of fourth-quarter drives to win the ball game with him and Kenny Pickett, and that relationship started to bloom at the end of last year, and now if it's just fully sprung into this year, like that could be dangerous with them trying to reload the offensive line and Najee Harris getting an opportunity to be able to work without the box being loaded by the defense, and you know you have Pat Fryermuth at tight end as well. Like, there's just the options are there, and Deontay Johnson – is going to help open up these opportunities for George Pickens to stay in those one-on-one windows uh, and matchups, I should say, excuse me. And that just yeah. leads to him, into my mind, to be the breakout player in this division. Yeah, and last year as a rookie, he caught 52 passes for 800 yards and four touchdowns. And that was also while breaking in Kenny Pickett and uh, getting Najee Harris his touches. And 
I do think I like you said. I agree with you. I think George Pickens is in for a big year. I somehow the the Steelers keep finding these receivers, and I know it, part of the Ryan Clark clip was that Georgia didn't really take a lot of time to develop him, and I kind of agree with that take too. I'm Georgia just yeah. Obviously, they want to develop a receiver. But George Pickens had flashes of greatness where he would make jaw-dropping catches uh, as a freshman even at Georgia. And I think now coming into the league where there's more of an emphasis on receivers and development, that he is on the verge of a breakout season. And, and even if Kenny Pickett is not great, I still think we could see George Pickens in the Pro Bowl or you know develop and be a guy uh, who is wide receiver one on this team that is still pretty damn good at receiver. I know that they've had some turnover there, but you still have um, Allen Robinson on this team. You still have Deontay Johnson on this team. And I think that George Pickens is going to be wide receiver one for this team. And Kenny Pickett's going to get his opportunity to throw. Yeah. So I'm rooting for George Pickens as well. I kind of want to see him go off. I I liked him out of Georgia. I was kind of even surprised at where he fell in the draft and again somehow falls to the Steelers who just they know how to draft and develop receivers and I think they did it again with George Pickens Uh, and now our biggest storyline even you uh, will this be the year that we see the Steelers lose (laughs) yeah if it is and they end up with a franchise quarterback you know that they're taking in the top 10 like I'm sorry, I'm still not a believer in Kenny Pickett, but if he decides to be the breakout player, maybe look out and we go, okay, maybe the Steelers know how to to scout quarterback and receiver here, and they're just going to have that destined success in those two positions for forever. But I can't help but think if this is the biggest storyline where we talk about the rest of the division just being ready and primed to go on a run, truly because they are just veteran-loaded teams, and we're looking at the Steelers of – you're kind of the only team that's still in the position of really developing players on your offense and reloading your offensive line or attempting to. When you see the Bengals are a game away or you know a snap away from possibly winning the Super Bowl, Joe Burrow doesn't get sacked or by Aaron Donald on that last play because Jamar Chase had absolutely smoked by Jalen Ramsey. If there's a half a second left for him to throw the ball, who knows what you know things are turning out in for today. And the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, stay healthy. You look at the Cleveland Browns, like. Deshaun Watson, you know, it might be a rough five to six weeks, but once they kind of get everything underneath them and they're ready to rock and roll, that could be a team that's dangerous. And this just division in this conference as a whole is just going to be so up and down throughout the year. And whoever comes out of it, I think we ought to just give them Lombardi because the NFC is just like, <laughs> bleh, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, yeah, probably so. And, you know, with the Steelers even, if you put the Steelers in – the NFC North, they're contending for that division, I think. If you put them in the NFC South, I'm probably taking them to win. If you put them in the <laughs> yeah. NFC West, they're going to contend. Uh, you put them yeah, in the AFC the South, Niners. they're going to win. Right. Like You could put them in any other division, and they're, they're right there. Uh, maybe they're not competing with teams like, um, maybe not the 49ers, maybe not the Eagles, but I, I, they're a very good team. And like you said, they could probably win – the NFC. And we'll see what happens. It's definitely a storyline. Mike Tomlin never had a losing season. But even if the Steelers lose, uh, it feels like they will somehow end up winning. Like if Kenny Pickett's not the guy and they have a bad year, it's it's a good year to need a quarterback. And yep. we'll see what happens. Or maybe, you know, maybe we're wrong about Kenny Pickett and he will actually develop into something. And my maybe biggest storyline is just, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Don't you have, what is the bet that you have on that? The pie in the face. Pie, yeah. I think Do someone I had created a, a Twitter to, uh, to like, kind of stay in, like, remember, not remembrance, excuse me, but to, like, constantly remind you. I've not heard from <laughs> R.I.P. Minute, but, yeah. <laughs> My bad. Uh-huh. The slice said it here in the chat. Yeah. It's like, we're all going to blame BC when the Ravens first charges in the AFC Championship game. If that happens, uh, that's awesome to be right, but I'm going to be pissed. Like, it's going to be like, yeah. ooh, I'm right, but it's like, ah. Oh, Stopping that would be a big surprise, though. Like, yeah, <laughs> if you could bet on it right now for the AFC Championship, and I, I know <laughs> that you can, the odds of, of not picking the Chiefs, the Bills, or the Bengals, you've got to like those odds if, you, if you're putting money down. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be a big payday if that hit. Uh, my biggest storyline is Deshaun Watson, though. Uh, last year watching him play, it wasn't good. A lot of us were rooting against him. I still think that he is young enough and that he is good enough. 
that he can be one of the top eight quarterbacks in the league. Uh, he's 27. He'll turn 28 in September. Hey, he's still a pretty young guy. And I know we did. We've done podcasts. We've done radio. We used to talk a lot about Deshaun Watson before all the allegations against him. And I used to say Deshaun Watson's the second best quarterback in the league. It was Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes, and then it was Deshaun Watson for me. So just watching him and his return on the field is going to be a big storyline for me to watch. Obviously, what he does off the field, that, that's whatever. He's, he's a creep. Yeah. But on I'm the so field, the to, dude can play football. Sorry to cut you off there. Sly just mentioned what was BC's ghost name. You should throw the pie in the face. And then I just see someone <laughs> swiftly move behind you, and I'm like, son of a bitch, it's back. <laughs> We've reached a new level of fucking fear. Oh, my God, the flipping man, I got chills right now. I, I, granted, I do have a fan on my face, but I was not prepared to read that look up and just see something go. I was like, there's something behind you. <laughs> it could not be more perfect in time. <laughs> Man, I didn't see it in the chat, about some real but obviously I, I felt somebody walk behind me and then saw your face like, man, you're getting spooked over that, but with the yeah. chat involved. Way to go, Sly. Sly's always watching. Uh, you never know what that guy's doing. He's up to something. No no ghost. Did the ghost, He wants to know, did the ghost move with you? Actually, no. I've been pretty good. Hmm. Ain't no ghost in, in these woods, dog. Yeah, it's been kind of nice. You need to manifest I did kind of psych myself there? out a couple of weeks ago uh, with the storm that kind of rolled through. You know, it's been a minute since I've experienced a storm kind of out in the middle of the country <laughs> with the pond near you and the woods. Because when it thunders and lightnings out here, you know, it's a, it's a little louder and it's a little brighter. And my window just happens to face into an opening of the woods into this empty field. And I'm just kind of sitting on my bed looking out the window. I'm like, man, like it's just pouring rain. This is nice. I love a good storm when I know there's not severe weather because then it's like I can enjoy it. But it's that severe weather is like, am I about to get sucked up out of here when I'm asleep? And I'm just sitting here snoring logs. And next thing I know, I'm flying. But with this, I'm sitting on my bed looking out the window. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm just sitting on my bed looking out the window like, man, like this is nice storm. And then all of a sudden I kind of start thinking, I was like, if this lightning strike – or, you know, this lightning goes off again, and when it does, it lights up this field. And so, again, just imagine me sitting on my bed looking out the window through this void in the trees looking into this field. And light it's like someone turning a light on or whatnot, and everything lights up. And I was like, if it lightnings again, and then there's something standing in that field looking at me, I'm going to just, like, cry. And so I just laid down. I said a quick prayer, and I went to sleep. Like, that's a God's honest truth of what I did. Because it was like I got scared, and I was like, I can't keep looking out the window. Or I'm going to see something, whether it's there or not. And I'm not going to do that to myself. I'm enjoying it out here. Sounds like you did it to yourself, though. <laughs> it happened. It and now tonight, you're going to be but thinking about it got when me, you go to sleep. got me snoozing. snoozing. <laughs> yeah, Just tonight's going to be rough. Yeah. <laughs> you cover yourself up. Yep. If I can't see them, they can't see me. Can't hit what you can't see. They, they taught me that in football. <laughs> it applies to intruders and the supernatural. Uh, very true. Did also I like to think my dog would do because... something, but if he's in his crate, all nah. he's going to do is bark, and I'm just going to be like, shut up, I'm trying to sleep. And the intruder's like, well, it worked out well. <laughs> did these you sleep with your windows open the other night? I sure did, dude. Ooh, it got to like 60 degrees. I'm just listening to crickets uh-huh. and birds, or not birds, but just whatever these other bugs are. And it was peaceful. Mm-hmm. Nice. And there's yeah. no, You're not hearing any background noise of like cars or sirens or anything like that or some homeless person screaming from the street, just all drugged <laughs> up. It's just nice and quiet and peaceful. And I've been having some good nights of sleep when I go to sleep. I've been hey, struggling well, with that luck. lately. It's been hard to just sleep. I don't know why. It's going to be probably harder tonight now that freaking Jonas is back. Jerks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. I also want to find a way into that open field. <laughs> uh, like, please, like, <laughs> <No>. don't. <laughs> like, n- unnecessary. It's a long drive, so you're safe. But uh, maybe one of these days. I'll get bored. I'm not eventually. putting it past you. Uh, all right. <laughs> That's it for us uh, today. We appreciate you guys joining us. As always, I don't know what division we're, we're doing next. How about South? the South? Look at that. We'll do the South next week. Uh, and I'm sure we'll have more storylines to update you on, uh, especially Hard Knocks, because I'm mm-hmm. 
I'm the biggest fan now. <laughs> You're back. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens when they start cutting players. But even yeah, not to just make this all about hard knocks. I love that they're not looking at these weird, obscure players. Yeah. I don't need to know about the fourth string linebacker. Congrat- <laughs> like that's great. I hope you make the team. Show me Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson. I want those guys. Or you know Will McDonald, who's doing a great job as a rookie. He's like a second round pick. Show me him. Not the guys I'm never going to hear of again. So I'm sure we'll have more Hard Knocks uh, updates for you guys. But we appreciate you joining us. We'll talk to you all again real soon.